What's up, boys and girls? You know what's better than being clean shaven? Drinking beers. And not getting hungover as shit. Man, what a perfect combo. Athletic Brewing figured it all out. Craft beer without compromise, as they say. And today, we have the whole backstory of how Athletic Brewing was founded, where they're at now, how they grew over time. And also, we learn a little bit more about Bill's interests outside of Athletic Brewing, too. You know, talk a little... Talk a little Bitcoin, a little simulation, a little. Uh... There's a bunch of random holes, as as we always do. We get we find people's rabbit holes and we venture down them into into Wonderland. And I think it was a, it was a fun time. And it's perfect because he's into a lot of the same things we are. So, yeah, yeah. You know? Surprise! I mean, either stuff that we've brought up or things that came up during the conversation. So yeah, nice so, little surprise. Yeah, so stick around to the end of the discussion with Bill if you want to hear you know some stonks and bitcoin and all that talk and we also get into it with him on the na beer mile which is a beer mile coming up on october 17th put on by athletic brewing in connecticut which i will be going and racing at along with uh world record holder Corey belmore and it's going to be the first ever big event for a beer mile that doesn't have alcohol in it and gonna be on the website we have an official record board now for the na beer mile official rule set it's going to be hype. I don't know if it's going to be televised or how they're going to do that. But if you want to compete virtually, you can go to the athletic. I believe the athletic brewing web well, link in the description, link in the description there to sign go. up. This for, guy, this guy podcasts <laughs> to sign up for this athletic brewing beer mile. And you can do it from anywhere. That's virtual event, completely free. Uh, and then you just upload your result to beermile.com and tag it to the NA beer mile category. And since it's a fresh category, the leaderboard is up for grabs. She's open, man. The record board is open. So you could be on the record board on beermile.com for the NA Beer Mile while it lasts. Have a nice little crown next to your name. Exactly. So yeah, check out the Athletic Brewing NA Beer Mile. It's going to be fun to be a part of that. Um, I'll share some stuff on my Insta story or on the Beer Mile, you know, whatever Insta. Yeah. Hit us things. up um, on info at beermile.com if you want to submit other rule sets. Yeah, uh, I feel like we're we're more likely to add them as official ones if you like follow our rule structure. So like, yeah, making yeah. making things like actually legitimate, so we don't have to edit them. But yeah, hit us up. Yeah, the, uh, that's the other new thing on BeerMile.com besides the NA Beer Mile. We got the Chocolate Milk Mile and the Eggnog Mile. Formal rule sets are on there now, and the record boards are are up. So we're doing big things. Add new, add new events. Uh, I guess people have always done those events. It's just a yeah. matter of now you can be on the official record boards. What's it? What's the oldest um, like result that's been sent in that's been tagged as like a chocolate milk or ooh eggnog? Very old. I mean, in the two thousands. Okay. So so very old. Yeah, I think the record for the chocolate milk mile I think is four forty four, and that was from two thousand nine. So it's a while That's back. Uh, yeah. I don't know how that segues into anything, but I don't know how that segues into anything either. You know, uh, <laughs> athletic brewing, bill, running, beer, no alcohol, no hangovers, beer, bill, <laughs> beer, bill, beer, bill, Battlestar Galactica. Support for this episode of the Beer Mile Podcast is coming from Manscaped once again. If you're new here, this 
if you're new here, how are you going to pitch this? If you're new here, Adam and I, you can't tell, but we are the most well-groomed men that you've ever on the, seen. On the face of the on earth. On the face of the earth because... Hey, you know what? Here's a good ad. Uh, it's marathon season. It. Oh, good you, point. You want to shave some seconds off your marathon Do time? Do you want to drop a minute? Shave your legs. Shave those legs. With Manscaped. Lawnmower 4.0. Excellent gift for marathoners. Another thing you can do if you want to breathe better for this marathon, you know, it's a little bit harder to breathe when you got a bunch of nose hair clogging up your nose. So use the weed whacker to get up in there and... I feel like it's probably a lot harder to get laid when you're, when you have a ton of nose hair, you know? Yeah. Nose hair. So if you're looking to either run a marathon or get laid, hit manscaped code beer mile for 20% off and free shipping. Free shipping worldwide, baby. Manscaped. Thank you again for supporting the beer mile podcast. And thank you all for using the code beer mile at manscaped.com when you're buying those much needed tools for yourself or the much needed tools that your significant other needs. Yeah, exactly. All right, our boy Bill Schufelt of Athletic Brewing, co-founder, CEO, athlete, brewmaster, fun dude to talk to, all these things at once. <laughs> Your cadence is impeccable today. I know, I know. I'm just I'm I'm on the uh, staccato like every other beat relaying <laughs> the information. Uh <laughs> Hopefully, as we get into it with Bill as well, he says he uh, might be partaking in this NA Beer Mall on October 17th, which would be exciting to see, Fingers too. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll get the whole company behind it. Darren Rovell is going to be there. It's going to be a hell of an event. So here we go. Bill Schufelt, the origin story of athletic brewing and why you should buy Bitcoin. Well, today we have on our first CEO, our first co-founder of a nationally known brand. So welcome, Bill, to the Beer Mile podcast. Bill is the co-founder, co-founder, and uh, are you CEO? Is that your current title as well? CEO of Athletic Brewing. So we're excited to have you on, Bill. Thanks for joining us. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers. It's great to see you guys. So you've had a crazy uh, last few months by the looks of it, Athletic Brewing raised its series C. Um, I believe you also had a, a child as well recently. So how is everything going in your world? How, how busy and crazy has life been for you? Um, I mean, about as busy as it's always been. And uh, <laughs> athletic has been really fun. It's like um, just the community has, it's always been so community driven as a company where like we were a product that was in many ways, like hiding in plain sight, like people wanted beer. They could drink any time of the day, anywhere. And like, we're asking for, but not asking for And like, I don't know. It's been crazy the whole time. Like even the thought of non-alcoholic beer and devoting your career to it was like a crazy (laughs) idea as well. Yeah, I can imagine. And uh, I think a big part of the, um, appeal and well, there's a number of things that are you know lead to the success and the appeal of it. But I think a big part of it is the fact that it's craft beers and not just the typical um, I don't know like Budweiser Zero or Heineken and all, all of the really basic uh, lager beers. The fact that you guys have a bunch of different brews, uh, you know, wheat beer, IPA, uh, all sorts of different things. So maybe talk through a little bit of that strategy around. Um, the craft beer process and the quality of the product and uh, how you kind of aimed for that and and developed that uh, part of your company over time. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny, I I actually really like the Heineken Zero and the Bud Zero as well. It's like there are like different beers for different occasions. And like, I'm definitely not in 
the beer shaming business at all. Um, but the problem, and like those two are very recent launches. Um, both of those mm-hmm. were 2019 and 2020. But like before Athletic in 2018, Heineken in 2019, like there had been no activity in this category for like 30 plus years. And since like before I was born. Yeah. Probably oh, yeah. Since before you yep. were born. Yeah. And like many of the offerings, like if you look at it, it's like, oh, wow, that came out in like 1978. And like, or and there's like a lot of the products were so similar to like the prohibition near beers in not only product, but marketing. It was scary. And um, if you look around the grocery store, I mean, there was nothing else. Like there are no products in the Whole Foods that were there 30 years ago, except for like this one corner. And I was going through that transformation where I was just like a very normal, modern, healthy guy who wanted to wake up early, work out, feel good, go to work, but still like go to sports bars, go to nice dinners, go to work dinners and have a beer. And it it was just so tough that like when I stopped drinking, like looking at that shelf and like realizing that was my shelf was like such a painful place to be. Um, But we really like I'm a huge foodie. I'm a huge beer guy at heart. And like, I went to college in Vermont where like four of the pioneering craft brewers of New England were within like 20 miles of where I went to school. And so like, I went from having incredible craft beer and like falling in love with it in college to New York City where you could basically get any craft beer around the country you wanted. And then to all of a sudden go cold turkey and be like pairing like great meals or like a great like burger on a weeknight with like a soda was just so disappointing. Um, but yeah, in terms, I mean, in terms of our products, though, like, I can't possibly take credit for how good the beer is. Like, our other co-founder, John, is, like, a true brewmaster, um, even though he would never use those words. But he's, like, a super taster, has such a great palate. His recipe talent's unbelievable. And then working with him now, we have incredible brewing teams on both coasts and lab teams. And we're just, like, constantly iterating and fine-tuning and chasing perfection. So, like... Yeah. I couldn't possibly stand here and tell you I'm anything but a basic guy who loves beer, but like they are like truly masters of their craft for sure. I'm curious when you and John first set out, uh, we were both listening to like a few of your podcasts uh, starting out in your career. And you mentioned that you personally had never like brewed beer. Um, John obviously was, was well established in that area, but I'm curious as far as like, historically you said like the, the other NA beers like hadn't really changed a whole lot since like the seventies or I guess like O'Doul's in the nineties. Was it your idea from the start, not just to like market the beer differently, but also like what's different about the brewing process that athletic does versus those other older brands? For sure. Um, so as I like dug into like the category, the industry and, like craft brewers are incredible and like there's so much more science and exact preciseness in beer than like like there's this image of brewers with beards and like they don't do themselves the justice of like how talented and how scientific they are and um so my assumption was that if these technologies worked this incredible brewing community would be using those technologies to make awesome beers um and so we kind of started with the baseline just in how the technologies worked that it wasn't possible to make great craft beer using them because like just because they're too industrial too aggressive on the products to really maintain the nuances of fermentation and the esters and the aromas and all the delicacies 
So we started with the baseline that we wanted to come up with our own method. And I'd been reading a lot of textbooks and was delusionally confident that I had a method. And I brought that to John and John was like the first person out of like hundreds that said, I think this actually might work. And to a point where like neither, like, so John had brewed plenty of beer. I had never brewed beer. We had this idea of how to make non-alcoholic beer. And like, it's crazy that that was enough for him to move across the country and start home brewing, <laughs> like, and trying to make non-alcoholic beer. Like it's, yeah, it's really equally as crazy on his part as my part for sure. <laughs> if not more. How, how did you originally meet John or seek John out? How, how did that original encounter happen? through a lot of rejection it uh <laughs> yeah it was i would go to like beer conferences with like ten thousand people and try to network okay. for someone to work on non-alcoholic beer with and like there was less than zero interest and by the time i had met john i'd been posting on message boards like anyone looking to found a really innovative company and it would have nowhere like non-alcoholic beer would not be in anything and uh john was really the only person who saw the potential in the idea and like the potential for positive impact the the idea of a beer you could drink any day, any time, not only Friday and Saturday night, but like Tuesday night, like Taco Tuesday, Meatless Mondays, whatever, like this is your food pairing for whenever. And after you have that beer, you can also go back and resume life and like drive your kids somewhere or whatever. And um, as a, as a John had two young kids um, and uh like he saw that potential in like, yeah. he was like, Oh my goodness. Like I could enjoy craft beer, hang out with my kids after be wake up feeling totally fine. And to his credit too, like as a guy who loves cooking and recipes and like a scientific challenge, he really just like wanted the challenge also, I think. Yeah. So, so you mentioned John took the, took a risk and moved across the country and he had two kids as well. So how did, how did the company start just from a financial standpoint? Were you kind of funding it with all of your years, you know, working in New York City as a trader and using your savings essentially to fund it at first? Or how did that, how did that look? And how, yeah, convincing John and, you know, you taking the, the leap of faith as well. And I think your wife also played a part of that kind of convincing you to do it. But yeah, how did, how did that look? How did the structure look to, to start off? Yeah, my wife was very on board and definitely our biggest uh, encourager enabler if you will like definitely pushed me out the door my old job um we kind of uh like put our heads together and we we're like what exact amount of money do we need to live for two years and then like we'll dedicate this to the company um and then also raise some money from some investors and friends and family and um it, that was a whole nother series of rejections but like we didn't have any product or anything at that point so like everyone who wrote checks to support athletics was just investing in the idea of better non-alcoholic beer. That makes sense. And what was the very first beer that you guys went to market with? Uh, so we homebrewed the golden ale over and over again, because okay. it was like so crisp and clean and like there weren't a ton of hops to like hide any faults or anything. So we had iterated that beer probably 30 times at least before we even oh, brewed wow. the first IPA. Um, and then, um, yeah, Run Wild and Upside Dawn were our first like two beers that we really like dialed in over and over again. Um, yeah, after a while, I was just begging John to brew some IPAs. So like we, <laughs> I hadn't had an IPA in like five years and was dying to try a non-alcoholic IPA. And um, it was even like batch number eight. I was like, this is starting to taste great. And John was like, that's not even close to a beer. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> so, I'm curious. So, so John moves uh, across the country to kind of like put it, put the money on the on the table and start this company. And it sounded like you two, uh, you knew each other, you had conversations, but certainly weren't like extremely well acquainted, like longtime friends. I'm curious, like how that relationship has gone throughout the years. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really know anything about our personal lives when we started homebrewing together in an empty warehouse. So it was like nine months just around Gatorade jugs, like talking about (laughs) anything and everything. And like definitely sure got to know each other really well over that time. And since then, um, both of us are like pretty chill operators, like like things go wrong every day, like things break, like something totally unexpected happens. Um, and yeah, neither of us have ever like lost, like lost our temper, raised our voices or anything. And, um, it's awesome. We're just like very totally complimentary in skill sets too. So, um, there's yeah. no like stepping on toes or anything, but ultimately very just like driven to it like make great products that make people happy. They're positive on people's health and happiness. And like, it all kind of like the more beer we sell, the more positive impact we have on people's health and the more charitable we can be. And so it all kind of like flows in a nice direction. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you've, you've grown very quickly for sure. I would, I would be willing to bet that pretty much all of our listeners, pretty much everyone in the athletic world or at least in the endurance sports world you know running specifically i don't know of anyone who hasn't heard of athletic and i think a lot of people have tried it at this point um so now now you're at a lot lot larger scale so how do you and john like what is what does your day-to-day look like are you like how do you divide responsibilities is john still kind of overseeing all of the new recipes and the the brewing process and your i don't know kind of on financial side and the other pieces like how do, how do you guys uh divvy that up and what does your day-to-day look like it, it's so funny to hear you operate with the assumption that like every listener would know what we're about like <laughs> i'm so used to like standing at a booth and having people come up and like be like not alcoholic beer what and like <laughs> Then like immediately comes like a joke yeah. that like takes out my kneecaps. And, um, <laughs> well, I think, I think Molly, the Molly Seidel being, you know, one of the spokespeople for it, for at least in the running world and then for for sure, yeah. crushing the Olympics. I think just in the last six months that has really gotten the message out to the, the running world, the track and, and distance running world, mm-hmm. at least from my perspective. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, uh, so like we, I, yeah, we started from definitely nothing and like, for the first year, like every weekend I would go and do multiple events and hand out like 500 beers at a finish line, go to somewhere else, go to the tap room. Um, and we really built our community, like literally beer by beer and like people making a joke, tasting the beer and being like, Oh my goodness, waving over their friends. And like, then there's a group of eight people drinking our beer and, um, like the community and the ambassador community and our customers really built like from scratch and like, we still like keep in regular contact with so many of our longtime customers, either through our ambassador team or Facebook groups and stuff. And um, yeah, Molly was an incredible story. She was like on our amateur ambassador team, like a great athlete, no doubt, but yeah. like, like unheralded in a lot of ways where she was a barista and hadn't really like run marathons and been recognized. And when she was like, halfway through running the u.s olympic trial and like the head of our ambassador program is like calling all of us and being like oh my goodness turn on the tv one of our ambassadors <laughs> is like in second place and 
it was just such a cool moment and like such an example of like someone in our community like mm-hmm. exactly who we were trying to speak to like actually like playing out in the world and then like meeting more people in the community and that was so great like how it all came together and um yeah yeah it's it's just so funny to like hear the assumption of people like knowing what we're talking about (laughs) such a far cry from where we were just like two years ago (laughs) yeah and and i the first the first time i tried athletic i think was in 2019 um just a friend a friend uh suggested that i try it. So I guess exactly what you want. Word of mouth. He was, we were training for a marathon together and he was like, Hey, there's this beer. That's like actually good that you can drink, you know, and not mess up your running. Uh, you should try it. And so I tried it then. And at that time it was, I don't remember exactly how many beers you had, but not many. I got the the IPA and the, the golden and then looking, you know, looking again at the website this year, kind of re reigniting my interest in athletic. I know you guys have a bunch of different ones. Now you're getting in like uh, you got a hazy and um, I noticed like a blackberry uh, flavored uh, wheat beer. So ha- is, the, is the intent to just continue to expand the portfolio and continue developing new recipes? And um, I noticed you're also in the seltzer game now too. So what is, yeah, what is from a product perspective, how are you thinking about that? Like roadmap on, you know, ex- expanding on the brands that you are the, the, you know, the flavors that you already have, but then also adding new recipes and other product lines entirely. Yeah, it's a it's a tough balance where there's uh and there is such a dearth of options out there. So we do feel a role of like needing to get everyone every style sometimes. Um, but we really try to make most readily available our most popular, our most highly awarded beers, and then make sure they're available at stores. So like people can always get Run Wild, like because it's it's like our favorite beer and like it's won the most awards and people ask for it the most. Um, But so we want to keep that like that's, but then also we have our e-commerce platform where like, so in any given retail year, we have 10 or 12 beers available in stores throughout the year total. Um, But like our e-commerce platform gives us a great opportunity and like we own and operate both of our own facilities. So Mm -hmm. we have brewing systems from three and a half barrels, seven barrels, 20 barrels, 40 barrels, a hundred barrels, 200 barrels. Like, so we can make all those different size batches in the brew house. And then we also have 400 and 600 barrel fermenters they go into as well. So and we can make anything from like 30 cases to upwards of 8,000 cases in a single batch and, um, uh, or, uh, 10,000 cases in a single batch. But, uh, yeah, on our e-commerce platform this year, we've released over 47 beers so far year to date. And, like I'm drinking a grapefruit rattler right now, just because I've like happened to be in the mood for it, looking at my fridge. But it's really fun to like most afternoons. I have one of our three coffee beers, like for an afternoon caffeine boost, and yeah, it's really fun to be able to like make beers for any occasion or any meal, really too. And like that's something that just like never existed in non-alcoholic beer. Even even with like uh, traditional beer, I feel like it's kind of hard to get a mixture of those tastes because like after like a few, you're like, Oh, I'm kind of like full and a little drunk. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like worth it. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm curious from, uh, from like a distribution perspective, what percent of sales go through the website and what goes through, um, storefronts? Yeah, it's, uh, there, well, the, 
I guess there's a lot of people who like either buy things online or buy things in stores. And then there's mm-hmm. probably like 20% who cross over and do both. Yeah. Um, so both are great channels and we consider it omni-channel and actually where like online's the strongest is where we're also the strongest in store because it's such a great marketing channel. Um, yeah. But yeah, in any, any given year, um, a little over 50% is in our wholesale channel and that grows up as we, that grows as we get into bigger and bigger retailers too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, uh, it, it seems like being able to distribute, you know, nationally on your e-commerce side is like a huge bonus for, for you being an NA beer versus, you know, obviously buying alcohol. There's a lot more legal uh, restrictions around that, but especially with the pandemic, it seems like that channel and that ability to sell on e-commerce would be just a huge advantage that you would have over, you know, I guess, well, maybe, maybe comp- your direct competition can sell their NA beers online too, I guess. But, but uh, I would have, my guess would be that that grew a lot over the last, you know, year or two years during the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, our, uh, pretty much everyone had disregarded that channel and said they don't really need it because they can do stores. And mm-hmm. we had just been iterating like since 2018, where I was like packaging every package myself at the end of the day. Um, like we'd been making that customer experience and building those systems every year and like learning a lot of painful lessons at a small scale. And so by the time the pandemic hit, we were shipping thousands of packages a day anyway out of our own buildings. And um, so it like it was ready to go and the infrastructure was built and our customer base knew where to get it and like knew that if they couldn't go to the store, they could get there. And also into like different hours of the day too, like beers for the afternoon and like we launched day pack right like towards the middle of the pandemic too and so you can like drink a seltzer any hour of the day and like it's it kind of like just like scratches a different itch and it's like for all those occasions where beer might not be permissioned or socially acceptable (laughs) or or just might not be the flavor you want at that time like the seltzer goes so many places too and it's like it's like a really fun premium twist on seltzer yeah. Yeah. And we, we were talking right before we started recording. So, so beer at work is that that's an okay thing at athletic brewing all beer all day, all good. <laughs> For sure. I mean, there's yeah. no better quality testing and sensory than drinking the product and like yeah. the, we'd much rather find any faults or concerns in house that rarely happen. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, it, uh, it's great. We, uh, and that is how Daypack came about too, is something that like with leftover hops and fruit, we were just messing around. And before we knew it, our team was drinking so much of it during the day and we were offering it for free in the tap room, just as like a water alternative. And we didn't really expect much of it. And we were just giving out so much for free. They were like, Oh, maybe this is a real product. And like, we were like doing separate canning runs. And so it kind of got its own life of its own. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, what the e-commerce, you know, being a means of, and, and your own employees, of course, being a means of testing out new products and just seeing what like really flies off the shelf is such a perfect model to have, you know, a uh, distribution model to have in place. And it's actually funny because we, Adam and I did a, a few podcast episodes ago, we did a, like a beer tasting, a blind beer tasting where we each bought beers for the other person and wrapped them in foil. So you couldn't see what they were and tasted them. And I gave him an athletic one. Um, and I mean, he, he, he had no idea that it was a non-alcoholic beer, you know, like not, no clue. It threw me for a complete loop. And I, I (laughs) definitely had, it was, it was just the same flavor, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I've had it before, but it, 
I think you I never like, thought that I never was, I never yeah. thought that it would be in the mix, but yeah, it was I, I thought I gave it a pretty good review. You gave it a good review. It's just it was just like, yeah, you don't you can't tell the difference between no. the alcoholic and non-alcoholic. No. So it's a testament to the product for sure. <laughs> I love that. That's exactly what John said. John was like, I'll move across the country. We can homebrew as much as we want. But he was like, if the beer's not good craft beer, period, not just good non-alcoholic beer. He's right. like, we're not selling a single can of it. Yeah. Yeah. When you have someone reaching for the product as the preferred taste, even over an alcoholic option in some cases, I mean, then, then that's a, especially a, a big advantage to have in the market. So that's, that's cool. So you opened up uh, pretty recently opened up your second facility in San Diego. Um, so what's, uh, again, what, what's the scale of the, of the operation now? Like how many, I don't know what people would go know by like how many, gallons of uh, beer are you guys producing and how many employees is athletic up to at this point um so we have 160 teammates across the country okay um and then our original connecticut brewery is about 10,000 barrel capacity um and about a 10,000 square foot building our san diego facility that we opened uh like a year and a half ago is 180,000 barrels and about 80,000 square feet um, and we're building another Connecticut brewery now that'll open middle of next year. That's, um, about double that in square feet and can ultimately make about three times as much beer. Um, so the new Connecticut brewery will be about almost 50 times the scale of the original one. Wow. That's super impressive. So, uh, seems like, I guess it, couple things coming to mind. So seems like hockey stick growth pretty <laughs> is, is underway. Yeah. So is the, you, you recently raised the series C um, from, I guess, just curious out of like a, a, from a business model perspective is the goal to uh, just continue to fund, you know, high growth um, as warranted, or do you have hopes of like not needing additional funding? Uh, how do you, how do you think about the future of the the business side of things? Yeah. Most of our funding has been for like construction and the buildings and to support mm-hmm. future growth. Um, but yeah, when we um, uh, like raised our first round with, we had no product. It, our investors are people very on board with the products and the mission and the impact. And I don't think there are high return expectations. So <laughs> it's, yeah, we're definitely in build mode. Um, still definitely laying the bricks for our future and like building the community. And um, again, the hockey stick growth, we've been really lucky in that like, in our original business model, we knew that like 50% of adults don't really drink. And most adults who do drink, drink in really specific times of the week. Um, we knew that like we could potentially open up the beer, wine, and spirits world to populations and times of the week that it had never touched before right. or that it used to touch and no longer touches in the modern day um, with like people so connected to their phones and these tailwinds of like health, mindfulness, like just better for you. Like if it's plant-based milk, plant-based meat, organic, everything. We think this is so much in the trend of those things. And mm-hmm. a few lucky things have also been happening concurrently with like, like so much, so many people like have like fitness wearables these days, like whoop yep. bands, Fitbits, <laughs> eye watches. Yeah. Exactly. And I have them both too. And um, it, like you can measure every variable of your life, especially during the pandemic where a lot of variables have been taken away. And it's so clear that like, Oh, like actually whoop does an incredible job with the content on their website, but it's like, they speak to um, 
like the impact alcohol has on recovery and things like that. And it, a lot of elite athletes have found our products organically. Um, like it definitely doesn't surprise me to hear like athletes of your caliber all know about it in the circles because like alcohol affects sleep, alcohol affects like, you still tear the same muscles in training, but if you have alcohol after, like you don't recover and make gains on top of that. And, um, there I've seen stats that like, um, the impact of like drinking after a workout lasts four days longer than it otherwise would have. Um, and so, and like the impact on sleep is unbelievable. So like, we're, we're so fortunate to have like all these movements of information technology moving so like firmly at the tailwind of our business since we launched, which have all definitely helped it. Um, but a lot of our elite athletes have found us organically. Um, like Molly was an example who like came to us and was on our ambassador team, but like Ben Hoffman, the elite Ironman, he was drinking our beer for a year before he reached out and he's like, I'm just posting about this on my Instagram. I'm talking to all my friends about it. Like, could maybe we do a sponsorship deal. And, like, <laughs> I start to get credit for this. And, um, but yeah, it definitely, um, I think it like kind of starts with like the most elite athletes in their community, like you guys. And then like everyone looks to those people in their community and is like, well, that's the health expert. That's the performance expert in my community. And like kind of takes the nod from there. But, um, it also like, I think people just want to feel good and be somewhat responsible, but still have the social occasion. Like, um, humans have been drinking beer for thousands of years. And like when you crack the beer and kind of what you were just talking about, like you want the hops, you want the malt, you want the associations, but like, you're not there for the alcohol that hits you like three hours down the line. Well, right. in plenty of occasions you are also, but like, it, uh, right. right. Like, like so many of my favorite beers are like when I first get to a bar and I see a friend I haven't seen in a while or like exactly. it, it has nothing to do with alcohol. It has everything to do with just having something in your hand and being social or seeing your family and stuff. So, right. Yeah. we. It's funny like that. Uh, a lot of the facets of like beer outside of just the alcohol, uh, Chris and I actually had an idea to do like an ASMR video for beer because it's like, there's like so many things that happen that I'm like, Oh man, it like makes a little noise. And like when the first yeah. drop like hits your tongue and that, no. Like, yeah. There's a lot of positive associations with, oh, with beer uh, exactly, in general exactly. and it's not, yeah, it's not necessarily the feeling of the alcohol or, or if it is, it's usually you, you never typically you don't want the feeling of, you know, five servings of alcohol and especially how it feels the next day. Like I don't think anyone wants to feel how it feels the day after drinking yeah. alcoholic beer. So, um, so yeah, it, it really is the, uh, the vibe of it all, I guess, for lack of a better word that, that really, and, and like you said too, right before we started recording the, you know, having a beer at work in the afternoon and a non-alcoholic beer, just, just even one sip of that, just, trigger something in your brain to be like, Oh, I'm in a good mood. I'm, you know, having, having a good day. Like I'm not, and it's the same with like drinking decaf coffee for me. Like I don't necessarily, the caffeine does something of course, um, to your body, but even having an afternoon decaf coffee is like just enough for my brain to say, Oh, like be alert, wake up, you know, start focusing on something. And you like kind of have the placebo effect of it for, you know, for lack of a better word that you yeah. just, just by, you know, all the associations that you make in your brain with, with the product. 
For sure. Yeah, it's definitely that like um almost like the grandmother's cookies effect where you like yeah. if you like smell freshly baked cookies in a bakery, it like takes you back to your childhood or like there's so much more going on with the hops and the malt that like yeah. it's like, oh, I'm with family, I'm with friends, I'm relaxing and like it definitely helps take that stress off. Um, yeah. So like you mentioned uh, 50% of adults don't really drink and even, you know, more than that really only have one drink a week or, or mm-hmm. not, you know, they aren't, they aren't drinking every day. I'm wondering like what, do, like off the top of your head or just like information that you have at hand, what's been like the impact for people who aren't drinkers that have found athletic brewing, even if it's just like anecdotal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, we get like waves of emails and like, it definitely adds up to a picture over time. Um, so I'd say uh, a, a majority of our customers do drink at least from time to time, which okay. we think is probably like 70, 80%. Um, but we have had all sorts of stories where people have like cut down their drinking a lot or like are so excited to find a good weekday beer that like, they can drink a lot more of and feel not guilty about, or um, we do get like really touching emails too um, about people who stopped drinking or who had tried to stop drinking in the past, failed and failed and failed. And finally it stuck when they had a good offering to stick with it and like go out socially and not feel awkward. And we get a ton of those emails or people who are like suffering through some sort of medical condition. Um, and like we're able to start drinking beer again and are so psyched. And um, so like the emails are really all over the gambit from like, like just positive impact on people's health to like really being able to enjoy social situations, family situations, or like continue with their sobriety. So um, it's an amazing community. I feel like I really notice. um, I think actually last year uh, kind of like heat of pandemic, uh, it was sometime after Thanksgiving, but like before New Year's, I was just like be, being home all the time. And like, I think I'm probably with the majority of Americans that like drank more during the pandemic. It was mm-hmm. very nice to like have a beer that was still like good tasting to to be able to drink and like kind of have a period in between. Like, yeah. I, I assume most holidays for people are are like around alcohol so for me it was a a nice thing to have exactly yeah going back to the you know notable people being behind the brand so when you were first fundraising for athletic you you've mentioned that you had a lot of a lot of no's until you finally got some yeses Um, but now you've you have a collection of people that are very notable people that are investors in the company um between the tom shoes founder uh lance armstrong um who uh jj watt is that what you said as well yeah so so yeah how i mean that i guess that kind of just you know serendipity whatever you want to call it it kind of fell into place but then uh it seems like you're getting those these types of people to be the ones that want to continually invest and you know now you are at a scale where people have heard of you and you're still getting um actual you know athletes or voices in the sports world that are backing the brand so uh I guess, yeah, maybe talk a little bit about that, the initial funding process. And then, uh, you know, now is that part of the strategy to really focus on the the people that are notable in the sports world? Uh, 
I mean, so that's really just happened organically. Um, most of those people just reached out. Um, like Blake Mikoski, the founder of Tom Shoes, who actually was like a business idol of mine before. Mm-hmm. Um, he just reached out on our info email. And like I was at home having dinner and I was like, Oh my goodness. I know that. Name. <laughs> and and uh, Nuts. like Blake kind of wrote the book on social entrepreneurialism where it's like, um, it is possible to have a huge positive impact, but make a profit also. And like, I definitely took cues from that in our two for the trails program where we donate 2% of all sales to trail and park cleanups. And the whole point of that is to like, have it hard coded in our DNA, like our positive impact on the environment, like from day one. Mm-hmm. And I knew if we like tried to get out the door without it, um, like it'd be so hard to put it in afterwards. Right. And so like every investor I've ever met with us, like put that into Excel and been like, this gets unbelievably huge as the company grows. And like, I'm like, that's the point. And like, like this year we're going to do almost a million dollars in trail and park cleanup donations. Um, across like 38 different states. And um, so like Blake has been super helpful in that and find like founding a meaningful business. But uh, yeah, a lot of our celebrity investors have found us organically. Um, Darren Ravel was one of the first, like he was one of the first people I said the idea to out loud at a conference and wasn't like, you're out of your mind. He was like, that's a good idea. He's like, can you keep me up on that? And he's introduced us to some of our athletes. And then, a fair amount have found us organically. Yeah. It's kind of, I feel like maybe, and this is just like hindsight, uh, 2020, but like, it seems like the path that seltzer water took would be like an obvious, um, I don't know. It seems like it would imply that something like this would be successful, but yet you still had like a ton of naysayers. What were, what were some other things that you thought were like, very obvious um, pointers to like this future success that like you didn't think anyone else saw. Yeah. I mean, I had never thought about going into the business of non-alcoholic beer for sure. Like I had also only ever talked about non-alcoholic beer to make fun of it before I actually (laughs) went into it for a living. Um, But as I like wanted that product in my life, I started to just run Google surveys and like out of a thousand people, how many, would enjoy good non-alcoholic beer if it existed. And like, I got the same complaints every time. And it was like, if the quality was there and if like the stigma wasn't there, people Mm -hmm. would be excited about it. And I, so I kind of knew as we made true craft beer and we made it positive and aspirational that like, it would just blow through those hurdles for people. And um, yeah, so I don't think I did a survey where it was less than 55% of people would drink the beer on a regular, at least a regular basis if it existed. And compared to like non-alcoholic beer being 0.3% of the beer category, I was like, that is a huge gulf of people who are looking for a product that's not on the shelf. And it really was that, that first summer we put the beer on the trucks and um, we had such a supply shortage that like, in Massachusetts, people would meet our beer distributors' trucks in the parking lots at Whole Foods and Wegmans. And like, there wasn't beer on the shelf for the whole summer because people were like getting to the beer buyer before it got out to the store. And uh, so like, ironically, there was like a non-alcoholic beer shortage in the summer of 2019, which was pretty fun. (laughs) And that's really how 
most, if not, I don't know, you could argue maybe all kind of entrepreneurs, how, how good products are born. You, it's out of necessity for yourself. You see, like you experience a problem yourself and you're like, God, this should be, there should be something, a better product here. There should be an easier way to do this. And then that's how it, you just, the idea is born essentially. So um, the, it, it is crazy how, how obvious it is looking back now, four years, but you, and, and the people were telling you that you should do it through these surveys, but it still took, you know, the convincing of investors to get it off the ground and prove out that there's, you know, a business behind it as well. So it, it's, it's a very, very interesting story to, uh, to me. You mentioned the, uh, the stigma uh, kind of being like a, a roadblock to adoption. Uh, how much do you attribute the naming of athletic brewing to, to addressing that? A lot. It was like super intentional to make sure it was something that was like universally positive. And you could mm-hmm. like poke holes and like silo it. Like everyone's athletic in some way, be it like actually an elite athlete like you guys are like being like the best at Excel or video games or anything. And yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we, we wanted to make it universally positive, not tied to like a locality or anything. And um, I, yeah, I just had this like unwavering faith that like, I knew if it was something I felt good about and I wanted to drink 12 of these myself every week that like other like I just had to trust that that was like a normal human experience and a lot of people would relate to it. Yeah. What can you share with us? Any of the other names that you considered or that were maybe on your like top 20 list or, or maybe on the bottom of the list that you were like, <laughs> threw them out instantly. You're like, no way in hell that's going to be uh, the name of this company. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's incredibly hard to find a name these days. That's like trademarkable. Um, True. Cause like if anything's been used in any context before, it's like, out of uh off the table and um run wild was actually one of our top names and it ended up being our flagship beer um yeah uh we definitely had so many for like it must have been a full year like any group dinner i was at or anything i would like eventually steer the conversation towards like naming. So what should we, yeah what should we name yeah. this? <laughs> and like my wife would be like Oh my goodness. I can't believe this is happening again. And like, but like no matter who it was, I would like steer the conversation towards it eventually. So it took forever to name the company. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I noticed on the can too, non-alcoholic brews is trademarked, which is another nice, nice grab on your part as well. That's uh yeah. Oh, that's part of the whole like oh, it's the whole thing. It's the whole thing. Got know. it. Got yeah. it. Okay. That that would have been a nice one for sure. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> just just <laughs> I was wondering if it was like because not alcoholic beers, I would assume not really possible to trademark, but the the brews word instead of non-alcoholic. For some reason I was thinking that was the the trademark. I was like, oh, that's a really good grab. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I wish. We do have uh beer for the modern adult and uh brew without compromise, which is right on the side there. Those are both, yeah, those are both good. And uh, I was actually, I I was on the earlier today uh, talking about the upcoming NA beer mile on the without compromise podcast. So um, so this is like a total athletic brewing day for me um, (laughs) across the board. Thank you so much. Great. (laughs) I'm Um, really excited for the beer mile. This is like, yeah, truly elite event. Like I don't like it. It's like somewhat under the radar, but like this is, I I think could be huge too in the years to come as well. Like this year's event right. is so elite with you guys running it. And like, I, if like people stop to think about how fast a 430 beer mile is, um, <laughs> it is insane. 
Um, yeah. That's like about twice as fast as I go without the beers. <laughs> yeah. It, it's something that like Chris and I early on into the the podcast or the, the website or the brand in general, we were like, it'd be really nice to get like a, an NA beer or just like a, a seltzer sponsor. And I, there was like one other that I, we were thinking about reaching out to and you're like, no, we've got to like pulled out for athletic, <laughs> like the cream of the crop. Um, but I, I feel like our kind of communities, the, the Venn diagram is very, very close to being a circle. It's, it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. So, so who originally came up with the idea on your side to do this NA beer mile? Was it you? Was it one of the team members? How did, how did this like idea come about a few, a few months back now, I guess it was. It's something we've been kicking around. Um, and we have a lot of good athletes on our team. Uh, Chris Bernard right. is the fastest short distance runner. We actually have a really elite ultra runner on our team too, Jim Sweeney, who yep. he had uh, like a top 300 mile race in the country in 2018. But um, uh, yeah, Chris and Dermot and a few teammates were like, this would be so much fun. It's such a great intersection of our brand. And like, obviously you guys are the experts and elite of the sport. Um, but it, it just felt too natural and too much fun. And, um, I can't wait to see it go down. I mean, it, it, that is so crazy fast. And, um, I actually wanted to ask you about your other records too. Is the beer two mile eight beers? It is. It's eight <laughs> beers and eight laps. Yes. Wow. So it's That's more incredible. It's more in line with like an eating competition, I would yeah. say, than, <laughs> than a beer mile. So it's it's one of those things that you do do once to get the record, and then like never never again do I ever intend well, to having, drink eight beers at one to, time. Having to like go for that again would be hard. It would be terrible. I don't even know if I could do it again at this point. I don't know if my my stomach would. It would just reject it. It'd be like, nope, not not again. I remember this terrible place that you put me into this uh, this one time. <laughs> that's amazing. I love your guys' website. I definitely <laughs> like that. There's a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah, and the Chunder Mile too. That's yeah. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> yeah. I always say that one's like sneaky hard because you don't realize how much more beer it is in the same distance. Like the beer two mile is kind of spread out. Yeah. But the Chunder Mile is like kind of, yeah. three and a three and a half more beers. Something yeah, like a it's lot. it's a lot more in one in one go. But but this this is why the NA Beer Mile is perfect though because like I so doing those races and getting those records, whatever, all these quirky events, like it's super fun to do those. But you really have to like time out when you're going to do it because yeah. it's like oh I'm literally going to drink six beers or eight beers tonight, like. I got to pick a time where it fits into my running training. I got to pick a time where it's not going to mess up my whatever work schedule, whatever it is. Right. And so it's really hard to do that. And then also like, you don't want to train for it. Cause I don't want to just go to the track and drink beers. Cause then it'll make my running worse. So having the NA beer, beer side of the, the sport, uh, makes it just so much more accessible. Like even people who do beer right. events, it makes it more accessible to, not feel so bad about training for it, I guess you could say, and, and be comfortable doing it. But then also for new people that, you know, maybe have never tried a beer mile, it's a good way to introduce into it so that you're not, uh, you know, flooding your system with alcohol the first time you're doing it. And, you know, uh, still, still getting that like fun competitive atmosphere without, without compromise as, as the podcast is called. (laughs) That's crazy. Is there, in order to go faster, like I imagine a lot of people like listening to drinking four beers, like that's four minutes right there for a lot of people. Um, 
is there a shotgun element to it? Like, do you pierce the top of the can? To we, do go faster? Shotgun, we do have a shotgun mile on the site, but it's it's a different category. Yeah, yeah. The all the official beer beer mile rules are that you cannot alter the container in any way. So if you're using a bottle, you can't use a straw. If you're using a can, you can't like smash the can. You can't puncture the can. It's just so it really at this point the beer mile really is. It, as fast as you can pour it out of a can or a bottle, that's pretty much how fast the top guys can drink it. So then it really is just who's the fastest runner at this point. So um, like Corey Belmore is the, the fastest runner who can also drink all the beers as fast as it comes out of the bottle. Um, and that's why he has the world record. So there's, there's not a ton of room. I don't think in like increasing the beer mile speed uh, as the rules stand, unless someone that's like a 350 miler, happens to do it and happens to be able to chug four beers really quickly. But, um, but other categories like shot shotgunning the, the beers or something else. I mean, there can be other rule variations that might be fun to play around with just to see, just to see how fast someone could do it with no rules at all. Like, a, you know, could a four ten or a whatever happen and with, without any rules in place. I think with, uh, with the NA beer mile, we are actually poised to get a lot because we've, we've talked to like so many pros who would be like interested in it. But again, with like scheduling around the season to make sure yes. that it's like it's in the postseason and like before they start building base again, um, yeah. it's hard to schedule that. But I feel like with the NA beer mile and it's just like a little bit more accessible to, to people who are training at a high level mm-hmm. that it would give them like just enough nudge to, to actually do it. So I, yeah. I feel like times will get faster within a year. Yeah. The NA beer, I mean, probably uh, later next, next week or week after that, it'll probably yeah, be pe- faster than the world record. Yeah. People, people will start uh, getting on the train of, Oh, I can, there, there's a rule set that allows me to not have to drink the alcohol. So now it's okay to do. And it's not, yeah, it's not a bad brand image as well. If you're a pro athlete, you know, you don't necessarily want to, if you're a role, role model for a bunch of high schoolers, you don't necessarily want to be chugging for alcoholic beers either. So there's right. also that side of it that, you know, a lot of athletes worry about too. So. Yeah. I wonder if there's going to be on October 17th. I wonder if there'll be anyone in the field that kind of comes out of the blue and gives you guys a good challenge. Um, I hope so. I hope so. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's it, a lot of yeah really good athletes lurking in our community for sure. It would be super cool. That would be, that would be great. Cause yeah, Corey, Corey and I have kind of just been battling it out for the last, like, well, I shouldn't say we've been battling out. He's been beating me every time we race for the last like three years. Every time he finishes every time. Yeah. yeah, Every time, every time (laughs) one of us doesn't get DQ'd and we both finish, we've, it's really just been him and I battling it out for like the last three years. Um, so it, it would be awesome. I would love to see some new, new faces and especially for, uh, cause the beer mile itself has a, like a country component, USA versus Canada component too. So get some more Americans that are, that are good at the NA beer mile. That'd be awesome to see. I'd love to, yeah. Love to have some new faces in the crowd. Yeah. I could see this event building in years to come. Like I could definitely like see like the live play by play on the side and yep. could be really huge. Absolutely. We, I mean, we would love and part of the reason that we're in this area, I guess, is we do see like the entertainment aspect of it. And yeah, could, could you get to a point where your people are like betting on this, this, uh, these races and what, I don't, I don't, whatever else, you know, there, there could be a lot around it, uh, to some extent, you know, yeah, whatever, whatever the law would allow us to to do there, but 
But uh, yeah, there, yeah, there's a good prize haul in a couple of weeks. Uh, oh. There'll be over $2,000 cash, a bunch of different fleet feet gift certificates, Amazon gift cards, and all sorts of stuff. It's awesome. Uh, beer subscriptions and stuff. So, so cool. A lot yeah. of different categories for people. So they don't feel like they have to run a 430 mile to win something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So, wait, so are you going to partake in this or have you done a beer mile before in your life? I've definitely done beer miles, definitely slower. Like I'm much more of like, much more of like the dizzy bat versions of like <laughs> more for fun. I, I'm definitely like, I can run forever, just not nearly at the speed you guys can run um, in short bursts. So um, I'll definitely be doing it at least virtually. Um, awesome. Hopefully I can be there in person. I might have to be on the West coast, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Hopefully I w- would love to see you participate. It'd be, be fun to have you on board as well. And really, yeah, that would really make this event pop off in year one. It'd be really cool. Agreed. Yeah. Darren Ravel will be there too. Um, oh man. Be doing it. So yeah, it'll be fun. He's got, he's got upwards of 2 million Twitter followers. So I'm sure he'll be posting it out there. That's, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. That, that's yeah, a pretty this, big audience. This will be big. Yeah. I'm excited for it. So, so you mentioned you uh, run yourself. Is that your sport of choice? What, what, uh, what are you into for fitness yourself? I mean, I'll honestly do anything like um, anything from biking to like high intensity, shorter workouts to long runs on the weekends. Like I'd say on the weekends, I usually run between like eight and 15 miles for my long run. Um, I've done a bunch of ultra marathons and like anything from 30 miles to 50 Ks, 50 miles. And, um, but yeah, basically just love like putting my phone aside and like getting a sweat every day in some form. So I'm not elite in any regard, but like kind of love all sports and just like, like the meditative mindful elements of like a great workout are just like so key to the day. Yeah. It's funny. You bring up the the phone aside piece of it. One that reminded me of one thing that I wanted to ask you about. So being a, you know, a, a trader for all those years and, you know, following financial markets, et cetera, like that's known to be a super stressful, um, time intensive, you know, energy intensive job. Would you say that that like, is it more stressful to be like the CEO and running a company or was it more stressful to be in that position, you know, working, working that job? Uh, just curious on, you know, for any aspiring entrepreneur out there, what the, what, what your experience has been, you know, going from, uh, you know, a pretty, I guess not, I don't want to say cushy because it's a lot of work, but like a, a safe, a safe job versus then taking on all the risk yourself in your own company. Yeah. Uh, so my old financial job was the hedge fund that the show Billions was based around. Um, so it was like acutely stressful for sure. And yeah, it was a it was a great job, but like definitely uh, intellectually challenging, super stressful any given day of the week and kind of draining in its own way a lot. Um, entrepreneurial uh, ventures are definitely like a I don't know, kind of like an interdisciplinary of like education every day. Like I learn something new every day and it's definitely not what I expected in the morning when I wake up and it's peaks and valleys every hour. Um, but it, it's definitely so much fun. Like I could never see myself starting a company if I didn't hugely believe in what I was doing. Cause it is like totally exhausting, but like, if you're so into what you're doing, you can kind of like forget all that and like, um, so I, I've been having a ton of fun and not once have I ever been like, Oh, I wish I 
like maybe I should go back or like it, yeah. it hasn't even like crossed my mind. So. Yeah. Yeah. I guess when you're doing, when you're doing what you love and it's, it's your own baby, I guess it's uh it's a little bit different, even though you're spending more time on it than maybe a jo- other, a different job. It's, it's uh all for fun and uh, something that you can watch grow. So I'm sure it's super fulfilling. For sure. And our, our team's awesome. So like any like stresses, we all go through together and like yeah. the community's awesome and kind of all feeds on itself. So Plus, Perfect. I'm a huge customer of our beers. I don't know what I would do if it exists. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got to make it for yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you have like internal metrics of like uh, reviews that you get? Like what's your uh, internal quality control? Do you guys like have just running stuff that you kind of submit feedback would, on or? For sure. Like we ship beer back and forth all the time for sensory so that we're tasting beer on both coasts and it's identical mm-hmm. and um yeah we're kind of always doing quality and sensory and testing beer over three six nine months after we release it to the world and so our brewing teams are incredible and like constantly iterating and getting better and better every year yeah perfect well let's we have a couple of kind of related but kind of unrelated closing questions just uh to finish up here so um let's go with this first one so as a as a former you know trader and I guess I don't know if you specialized in uh, like equities or currencies, yep. commodities, um, but get, are a lot of our listeners are kind of on the whole, you know, Wall Street bets, uh, you know, all that sort of craze of things. So yeah. do you have any do you have any stonk tips for for our listeners out here to, <laughs> to, to throw all their money into? <laughs> no specific stocks, but I would say like my biggest intellectual curiosity outside of athletic is like web 3.0 and cryptocurrencies and oh perfect so I, would, I would say i'm a big bitcoin maximalist okay uh, wow uh, yes here we go not, all right not, not necessarily a buy or sell recommendation i'm like right. literally right. just portraying a, a thought right okay well here there we go that's uh that's in line. We we talk about that a little bit on on the podcast. Not as much as I would like. I would love to talk about it a lot more. But <laughs> but yeah, no. Similarly, that's my that's my. Uh, I don't even know what you call it. the well that I've gotten into the last five years oh, is wow. uh, getting into every single thing related to cryptocurrency, blockchain, blah blah blah. So yeah, that's hey, interesting. At least, at least your well isn't red. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you're well, you're well into the black. <laughs> Um, okay. And here's another question out of left field for you. So tell us, uh, are we in a simulation? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, yeah. Almost undeniably. Yeah. Yeah. That okay. speaking of rabbit holes, I've gone way down that rabbit hole. Like, <laughs> that, yeah. Long car rides, podcasts, everything. Yeah. So. Perfect. Yeah. We, I, we heard you say that on the, um, on the, on the athletic podcast. And so, yeah, sim- similarly, I would say that we're kind of in that, uh, I'd realm, sell, yeah, similar me, interest areas. Sell me on the simulation aspect. You answered it really quickly. So you must have. <laughs> That's so funny. I can't believe I've said that out loud on the athletic podcast. I must've been like totally delirious. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, well, I just like, as you look out, I saw someone on Twitter post the other day about like a new undiscovered web of galaxies that's a hundred billion light years wide. For like us to think that we're the smartest beings in a gal in like a web of galaxies a hundred billion light years wide that's full of billions of galaxies is like there's there's got to be more going on than we can possibly grasp out there. And so um, yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're both in that camp too. I think, or at least I know I am. <laughs> it hurts my brain to think about it. It's it, it, it is very tough. After, to think about. after, after working, of course, that's a weekend thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Needs some extra brain power. <laughs> yeah. To, to, um, to, to think, or blah, I can't think of uh, my words, but, uh, Thinking, thinking that uh, we we know everything as humans is uh, it's always funny when people use that as argument. Like, there's no way that could be possible. Like, science says or this says or that. It's like we don't know. We don't know so much stuff out there. I'm I'm willing to admit that I don't know anything. So, uh, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, especially at this moment in time too. That like the chances we at this moment are the most evolved life form. If you look at us, even like 50 years ago, like the world has changed so much in that yeah. 50 years let alone their worlds out there that have been evolving for like millions of light years and everything. So, um, yeah. My, one of my more recent YouTube polls is, uh, Bell's <laughs> incompleteness theorem, which is basically like math is incomplete. Uh, well, there's like three things where it's like, uh, com- it's math is not decidable. So like, you can't just like get a problem and say whether or not you can solve it. It's incomplete in which uh, basically means that it'll never be like done. Yeah. And, and at the very root of it are things that we accept as true without really having a reason for it. It's really, it's really trippy to, (laughs) to think about, to think about, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally like, and things may be true in the perception of this moment, but like there will just be different viewpoints 10, 50 years in the future. And like the goal is to look back on yourself every year, five years, 10 years and be like, Oh, can't believe that's what I believed. You know, right. I, like, I like, I'm so much smarter than, or I'm so much more evolved than I was at that point. There. Yeah. So when, when athletic brewing is IPO would it's worth a hundred billion dollars. What, what's your, what's your next investment then? What area are you, are you going into next from like, are you, are you going to space? Are you working? Like, well, like where, I don't know, like where, where are we, where's the next venture after athletic brewing takes over the world? <laughs> are there investable space opportunities yet? I mean, space real estate seems like a no brainer, but like, yeah. also you could say like the supply is limitless too. So is that a good investment? It's a good um, point. What about like rather and like real world investment in land seems like a great investment, but like that's kind of the same bucket. What yeah. about digital real estate? Like if like if you no longer have to travel around the world to experience everything and like just buy digital real estate where people will be hanging out in the future and build on that. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very true. It is. Um, I have a question that we're, we can retool. So typically we ask <laughs> athletes, um, you know, like who are runners, if you weren't a professional runner, like what would you most prefer to be a professional athlete in? what other sport? So for you, um, like in the beverage and food industry, if you weren't in NA beer, what, uh, like category would you, would you start a business in? Hmm. Is farming still in the food business? Like, farming, yeah, yeah, yeah. Being like a, yeah, it, uh, like a vegan farm yep. would be amazing. Farm slash animal rescue. 
Yeah. My parents are very big into that. Yeah. That, that's actually another, man, I feel like I get in a bunch of rabbit holes. That's another thing <laughs> I've, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts on lately. Um, like I listen to the, all the rich roll podcasts as well. And he'll often yeah. have people on there with like sustainable farming practices and all that. And so that's, yeah, that's another area that I haven't gotten as deep into the well and just as some of these other ones, but, uh, uh but it, it is, it's super, super interesting, uh, and intriguing. And does just walk a flock. I have a farm. Five, maybe. <laughs> I have no idea. Just like the, I, I know it's some some professional rapper hasn't like stopped making music, but spends like six months a year out on a farm. Hey, smart man. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Bill, for coming on. Hopefully, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see you here. This this episode's gonna come out in a couple of days. So maybe a week after this episode comes out, we'll see you at the NA Beer Mile. But if not, uh yeah, hope hope uh we'll we'll be excited to follow along with athletic brewing. And then we hope that this NA Beer Mile thing just just blows up and everyone hears about athletic and everyone here uh gets to watch some top athletes crush some uh fast beer miles that have never done them before, too. Get the athletic uh community involved in it. It'll be fun. Uh, thank you so much. I'm really excited for the beer mile and the first inaugural. And I think it's something we can build on for a lot of years in a row. So yeah, it's super fun to talk to you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. We haven't said this for a while, but there you have it. Interview with Bill Schufelt of Athletic Brewing. It's in, it, I think everyone loves to hear a good entrepreneur story. At least, I mean, I, I love hearing it. You know, people love Shark Tank and Bill is one of those guys that would be on shark tank, but he actually, you know, he blew it up without Mr. Wonderful or Mr. Cuban. He just figured it all out. Bootstrap that. shit. Yeah. Figure it out one day at a time. Keep that positive attitude, make a product that people can get behind and promotes itself. And you know, it's funny how I would describe bill as like somebody that I would love to have a beer with. (laughs) He is exactly (laughs) the person that you would love to have a beer with. And I, I was thinking that I was like, Oh damn. Well, it would be really nice to have a beer with him and like not be hungover. So I and guess I guess it all fits. I was gonna say you can have twelve beers with him because you can have twelve beers and not get hungover. So I it's perfect. Dude, like as as much, um, I feel like it's less so with athletic, but like obviously with O'Doul's and like more shitty tasting. Uh, Bill Bill said he wouldn't like beer shame, but like I'll for sure beer shame O'Doul's because it I don't think it tastes very good. It's not great. Um, but drinking these is kind of hype because you can just keep like pounding them. It's yeah, probably, it's probably like an expensive habit to build where I'm like, Oh, instead of drinking LaCroix all week, I'm going to drink 48 of these. Yeah. (laughs) Of these beers instead. Yeah. Probably a little bit. Um, I mean, there are some calories too, but still like super low for being a beer, you know, 70 calories for the IPA. I think that's 50 for the golden ale. I actually wanted to ask, and maybe this is something more for John, uh, also co-founder and i believe i mean he was the brewmaster i don't know what his official title is now yeah um but something i was wondering is because you don't have the calories from alcohol do you think that gives you like a little bit more freedom to add in some more calorie dense material that would give a flavor i i would say so i mean yeah the the alcohol in like a light beer the alcohol is like 80 percent of the calories or 90 percent basically so you get cut that out and yeah you can add more flavor um and not have it be whatever 300 calories or whatever i mean some a nice little breakfast beer i mean i don't personally ever like look at calories on beer um or really know i mean i know that 
beer has a lot of calories, like especially are stouts higher in calories? I don't even know, to be honest. If it's like a breakfast stout. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Sometimes I realize that I'm drinking like three or four beers and they're all like 200 calories. A yeah, piece. sometimes. Like, oh, that's kind of a lot. Usually of it's calories. like the next morning when I'm like, oh, I like I'm not hungry for breakfast. I have to go on a run. Like, what? why am I not hungry? Oh, yeah, I had 2,000 calories worth of of beer. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah, that's right. Yesterday was a bender. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you get to enjoy, like whatever 15 beers and you only have a thousand calories so that's pretty hey, I mean, that's, that's that's a good night that's a lot that's a lot of beer in one night no no these are these are seriously good we're drinking the run wild uh non-alcoholic ipa uh and this was run wild and, and they and you don't like ipas it's i heard it typically typically and this is pretty damn good i would say um i mean i i do i like all beer just ipas are I would say typically my least favorite. So um, are we reviewing this one? Yeah. So doing? let's let's go ahead and review this one. I think technically we may have drank it in another episode at some point, but I can't remember if we reviewed it. So maybe someone who's a loyal listener should remind us or go back and tell us what episode we did that. If in. you send us the episode and the timestamp, and we're and we have done this before, we'll send you some swag. Yeah, we'll send you we'll send you a shirt. How about that? Go find it. Go and find it on YouTube so that we get video views. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> Shameless plug. All right, what's uh, let's do let's do taste first. Taste. Uh, I I would say. See now, I just want to do a blind taste test with this against other IPAs to make sure I'm not biased. Mm. But uh, you know, I I would say compared to other IPAs. I'll give it a an eight. And compared to compared to all beers, I'm gonna give it like a six, but that's only because that's my preference. Really? You know what I mean? That's my Interesting. Preference. So I was gonna say compared to other IPAs, I'd give it a nine. And then for all other beers, I'd give it an eight. Okay. Your palate is into the IPAs, so I yeah, yeah. I understand that choice. I just think it's like so we when we asked bill like if if people were if people can drink during work i like kind of for some reason it was just like i never thought of drinking any beer during work but and we we obviously got into this during the discussion but what a like what a concept man just like oh yeah i'm gonna like crack a beer for lunch yeah what a mental yeah. reset if you have like a shitty morning you're like ah fuck this i'm gonna <laughs> i'm just gonna have a beer but it's like obviously na so I don't know. I feel like I might have to start doing that now. People will like probably slack me and be like, dude, are you an alcoholic? And be like, no, actually. Look at zero percent. I've been I've been drinking their the he mentioned the day packs. That's their mm-hmm. seltzer with hops in the seltzer. Um or I don't know I don't know. I I've uh, with hops in the don't seltzer. quote me. Don't quote me, but there's like there's flavor, like a, a hint of hop flavor okay. within the seltzer. Um, but kind of a similar thing where it's, it's, it tastes mostly like seltzer, but like a little bit of hop and I'll, I'll drink those in the afternoon while I'm working. And it just like, I don't know, lifts my spirits a little bit, I guess you could say. Rock and roll. I mean, it's, it's, I know it's placebo effect people like, but it, you know, placebo is real. So, uh, drinkability. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's really good. I could drink a few of them for sure. You know, I already have already have shameless i'd give it an eight across the board for drinkability yeah i I could do that 
I'd probably have four of these throughout the day. Yeah, yeah. If I if I wasn't like worried about spending money, but I honestly do spend a shitload of money on uh, carbonated water. Yeah, carbonated water is a little bit cheaper, but um, but you're also getting more bang for your buck here because you got Calories. actual ingredients in there. You know, water, organic malt. Malted barley, oats, wheat, hops, and yeast. So they have the caffeinated one. They should make like a protein one. <laughs> Ooh, shit. Yeah. That would that would hit hard. That would hit very hard. I bet the... I haven't tried the caffeinated one yet. need to get my hands on that. I have that, not but. either. I'm looking forward to protein it, Protein one would be that another good little trend to hop on top yeah, of. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, it just adds... Yeah, it'll be higher in calories, but if it's like a... Not an energy drink, but you know, like... Ooh... That would taste amazing at like hiking. Oh yeah. 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 Damn. Kinda wanna just go work for athletic. <laughs> I know. That's kinda what I was thinking too. Bill, hire us, please. We'll uh I don't know. We have we have skills. You can put our skills to market- use. Yeah, we have marketable skills. Yeah, yeah. You can we'll we'll find some some people, value to add. People who are connected with us on LinkedIn know. Yeah, they know. They know. <laughs> so yeah, great beer overall. You know, X Factor first ceo that's on the big. podcast that's big well I, oh that's not true i think i said that i whoops nick simmons ceo founder of run gum Ooh, you just slandered nick simmons i did i shouldn't have said that yeah well at the beginning of the interview with bill i said that he was now, the first ceo but now technically I to, now i have to send nick my bottle of eagle rare that i've been holding on to for yeah, forever yeah sorry nick tech yeah well athlete first turns well i guess everyone's an athlete though so Man, we're just going down a rabbit hole here. Uh, that's the Athletic Brewing Run Wild beer in our bellies. That's Bill Schufelt. Pick it up in a store near you or there's or sweet e-commerce. There's a subscription thing online, so you get it at a discount. Pretty hype. Uh, if you're in Chicago, you get same-day delivery to your home. And it's some of the other major wow. cities as well. Yeah. Same day? Holy oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, they have distribution here, so... How'd they figure that out? They're like the they, freaking Amazon. I, they're the Amazon of beer. beer. Oh I know. I know. It's nice when you don't have alcohol in there. You can get around a lot of the legal crap that uh, alcoholic bears would have to deal with. So he's he's figuring it out. Bill, Damn. let me let me know uh, pre-IPO if I can get in and invest on Yeah, seriously. You. Next, before your Series D, please, yeah, please let us know. Yeah, let me get in on that Series D, please. All right. Anything else we need to leave the people with? Um, Series D's nuts. D's nuts. <laughs> uh, watch the NA Beer Mile on October seventeenth, or check the results, or I don't know what the exact uh, logistics are going to be there. Check that out. Go to manscape.com. Use code Beer Mile for twenty percent off and free shipping. Your nuts will thank you. Your significant other will thank you. Cool. Your marathon PR will thank you. Also, um, y'all should just like send us shit. Like if you have if you have a shot glass, you're like I don't really like this shot glass. It's like old and dusty, and I've never used it before. Uh, just like mail it to us, and we'll take a shot out of it or yeah. something. You know? Yeah, we do. We do the video version, and we will do unboxings as Ooh, part of the live show. unboxings. Send us your so shit. send us the shittiest crap that you can find. Oh, I'm, and we I'm will, so happy. We for will this open it live crap. on the live on the show it could be your mom's be a, used dildo it could be it could be a bomb yeah it, it could be <laughs> who knows what we'll be opening i don't know what we should be uh soliciting here but 
Yeah, send us, send us your stuff. If Sorry, you want. Nala, Nala can be the bombs. She can sniff the packages. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. We'll train her. Yeah. Train her up. Uh, if you want the address, just DM us on Instagram at the underscore beer underscore mile. Uh, probably not going to say the address out right now because we know there are transcribers transcribing the podcast and, you know, mining it for addresses to sell to market. I mean, probably, right? Probably, yeah, There's probably. probably bots, you know, mining the audio clips and finding addresses and phone numbers and emails and stuff, but... Uh, or you can, if you don't have Insta, you can hit us up. Or if Insta's down like it is today on this Monday, if it's down the whole day, R. you R. can P. email us at podcast at short Facebook. Short Mark Zuckerberg. Stealing data, making people feel bad about themselves. Body image uh, crisis. All these things because of you, Mark. I, all because Mark Zuckerberg wanted to get laid in college. Because yeah, he wanted to have all the power to decide which girls were hot and which girls were not. Man, and now, now look at the world we're in. People are distracted. They're not even adding value to the world because they're sitting on Instagram Dude, all day. I'm, I'm surprised uh, Mark Zuckerberg isn't racing to space. What's up with that? Yeah, it's a good, good point. Maybe we'll we'll ask him next week when he's on the pod. What do you think, Mark? Want to come on the pod? <laughs> I think Mark's uh, Mark Mark's uh, second priority. He'll he can come after Jeff. Yeah, my, my boy Jeff B. He's just, you know, we've been kicking it lately. Hefe. <laughs> uh, ooh, one other. Okay. Now that we're at the very end of the podcast, so okay. I know that only the true ones are here. We are going to launch a little s- secret. Well, it's not secret. <laughs> we're going to launch a secret podcast. Our, not secret, really. our secret public podcast. We are going to launch a second podcast on the same podcast network. feed network it's called a network yeah same we're a network um production media channel uh we're gonna launch a secondary series so all of all of these are you know interviews with guests you know athletes ceos you know all long, the most yeah, long form interviews yeah whereas we we want to also and we've done this a few times in the past we've had some episodes on uh, of the beer mile podcast where it's just us you know shooting the shit chatting whatever maybe one of our friends joins too but we want to make that its own thing and so that we can do that more often because we like doing it and it's yeah. fun uh so we and, it, and that's relatively easy for us because we literally just get together whenever we feel like it record for an hour put it out there you know so on and so forth so we're starting beer mile after dark it is a secondary podcast so it's not going to change what we're doing here with the guests but well, I don't know how often we'll put it out whenever we feel like it. You yeah. know, maybe sometimes it'll be weekly. Sometimes it'll be every two or three weeks whenever we have something to talk about. Yeah. We'll, I mean, we'll assuming it. and, and it all depend on if if y'all think it's funny or mm-hmm. interesting to listen to. It is literally like we just have friends over or people visiting and we're like, hey, let's have a couple beers and just like shoot the shit because i think we say <laughs> we say funny stuff all the time. And I'm like, oh, man, like we should have recorded that. I think that's probably how this like kind of came to fruition is just like hey we like always have really like funny conversations over like a few beers and yeah we should record it <laughs> yeah it'll allow us to be more savage than we can be with guests because we don't want to make guests feel uncomfortable um, never well not more uncomfortable than they than they uh, can handle you know? exactly exactly and it's hard to gauge maybe some of our guests we could go a lot harder on but you know we don't want to make enemies out here in the running world we want to be able to keep that part at least somewhat wholesome fair warning too it'll be not safe for work 
So yeah, if you if you loud. like the more savage things that we say when we kind of get a little savage, this is going to be like that times 100. So there will be swearing. There will be things that probably could cancel us if you are to take everything that I say or Adam says literally. Uh, you should just you know recognize that it's for entertainment purposes and comedians say offensive things all the time and it's funny uh so we're just, experimenting we're breaking the rules <laughs> so and if you don't want that just you know only listen to the normal episodes that we have guests on and we'll keep doing what we're doing but if it's like you that it's like that spongebob episode where he's like hi i'm normal <laughs> <laughs> wonderful weather we're having <laughs> Except the opposite. This is like when he gets his holes back in him. That's right. <laughs> so if you want some more entertainment on your run, some yeah. companions, if you yeah. want to pretend like Adam and I are running alongside of you and we're having a conversation and it's, you know, getting a little locker room talky. Uh, one more special announcement. Oh, we should have done this at the beginning of it. It doesn't matter. For the real ones, if you want to hit us up on Discord, link in the description. We're going to start a few channels uh, just to like interact with the audience as well as I'm sure like upcoming video ideas. I mean the whole, the whole gambit. Yeah, join us on Discord. Eventually, someday this will once we blow up, inevitably. So this will probably be like a you know subscribers only type of situation. Yeah. But get it, get it while the getting's good. Uh, join the join the Discord and we can talk some shit on discord we can discord each other yeah i don't know what the verb is but we can if you're slack young, each other on discord if you're young and you know what's going on <laughs> tell, tell us the verb come on to the discord and we'll discord each other <laughs> sounds so weird that sounds wrong but i mean slacking each other's why well, that sounds a little better than discord man you want to you want to disc me hey disc me that link ah oh, yeah disc me that yeah hit me up on the cord man <laughs> yo cord me brother cord me <laughs> all right That'll do it for us for today. Have a great day, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Have a stellar, superb evening or day or whenever you listen to this. Have a good one.